All right, Rabbi, say good morning. Let us uh, let us begin. A good chodesh to everyone. Baruch Hashem, we have uh, a number of Dafyomi sponsors. So to thank our to thank our sponsors, to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Kislev, Sammy and Malka Esterson, in memory of their parents. And commemoration of the yard site Yitzchok Leib Ben Aaron Akoin Ludwig Stiefel Sarah Rachel Bas Avram Sarah Stiefel Hinda Bas Henech Ephraim Hinda Esterson. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the family a Nechama. We thank our Week of Learning sponsors Jack Bennett in memory of Givati Brigade Lieutenant Asaf Rosenfeld. We thank our Dafyomi sponsors for today Baruch Hashem a number of them Mrs Rosalie Sklar and family in commemoration of the yard site of her husband. Dr. Manfred Sklar, Menachem Mendel, Bernard Tzvi Hirsch. Yankee and Eliza Stackman, Lezecher Nishmas, Yankee's grandfather, Alter Chaim Ben Yitzchak Isaac, on the occasion of his seventh yard site, and in honor of Avi Stackman's Hanachas Tfilin. Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov. Menachem and Susie Schoenfeld for dedicating the shir today in the Schuss of Rafur Shlema for Michael Ben Ruti. And Dr. and Mrs. Gavant for dedicating the share today on a lighter note in honor of Max Fried, the winning pitcher for the 2021 World Series champions. Good, don't do that again. And your Atlanta Braves. Good. And we should be Zochem, all of us to use our time wisely. Okay, so we'll say with that, let, let's, let's go, let's go back to. So we'll say, so today's daf is daf Chav Zayin 27. And we are picking up Emir Tzashem ad on Chav Babam at the Mishnah. So the Mishnah says as follows. Shofar Sharash Hashanah. So we'll say, remember again now, we're, we're, into, we're into the halachas of Shofar. Into halachas of Shofar. So we'll say, what, what is Chus, by the way? You know, in the, the Sfarim bring down, Sfarim bring down that Hanukkah is really the Chasim Asadin. Right? That really, the Sifrei Chaim, Sifrei is really open until Hanukkah. So how beautiful it is that Rosh Chodesh Kislev, from Mamish learning about the halachas of Shofar. Really incredible. So it says in the Mishnah, Shofar Shal Rosh Hashanah, Shaya'al Pashat. So the Shofar used on Rosh Hashanah, ultimately, again, is that of a Ya'al Pashat. Right now, we're going to use the definition of a wild goat. Upiv Metzuvah and the mouthpiece, we'll see exactly what this means, but for now, it means the mouth of the Shofar is coated in gold. And ultimately, there are two trumpets on either side, on either side of the shofar. Shofar marich, the katzotros mekatzros, the shofar, so what's they say, the imagery that they're painting is in the base of Mikdash. The imagery is that they're blowing the shofar together with the trumpets, but for Rosh Hashanah, for Rosh Hashanah, they blow everything together, but the shofar extends past the blowing of the trumpet. So they're blowing everything, but they blow the shofar for longer than they blow the chatzotros. So the Gemara says, Shemitzah sayom b'shofar. Why? Because the mitzvah of the day is with the shofar. B'taniyos b'shal schan kfufim. On fast days, they would blow a shofar and they would use, again, the horn of a ram that was bent. Upi, pian mitzvah kesef. The mouthpiece would be coated with silver. Ushtei chatzotzros be'emtza. So I'll say this is very interesting. So just, just, just to understand, on Rosh Hashanah, Right, you are using a straight shofar, a straight shofar. Well, I will call it a shofar of a wild goat. You have the shofar in the middle, the chatzotzros on the side, mouthpiece of the shofar coated with gold. On Taniyos fast days, you use a bent shofar of a ram. The trumpets are in the middle, chatzotzros are in the middle, shofars on the side, shofar mekatzer ve chatzotzros ma'arichos. 
the shofar is sounded for a shorter amount of time, and the chatzotzos, the trumpets, extend past the blowing of the shofar. Why? Because on a tainus, interestingly enough, on a fast day, the ikr mitzvah is to blow the trumpets, not to blow the shofar. Not to blow the shofar. Shava hayovel rashana l'tzkiel l'brachos. Yovel is like Rosh Hashanah. We're talking about again when we say Yovel, we're talking about Yom Kippur of Yovel. The Yom Kippur of Yovel is just like Rosh Hashanah when it comes to Tkios and when it comes to Brachos. We'll see exactly what that means. Rabbi Huda Omer, but Rosh Hashanah token b'shal scharim or Yovlos b'shal yeelim. Rabbi Huda says on Rosh Hashanah we go ahead and we use a ram's horn, and on Yovel, on Yom Kippur of Yovel, that's when we use the shofar of a wild goat. Okay, so let's analyze all of this. I'm Rabbi Levi. Mitzvah Shara Shashan Shem Kippurim Bekfufin Veshakala Shana Bibshutin. So also Rabbi Levi says, now introducing another opinion. Rabbi Levi says that on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, you should use a bent shofar. A bent shofar, literally, not a metaphor, a shofar that is bent. And for the rest of the year, Veshakala Shana, that was what it's been for the rest of the year. That means whenever throughout the rest of the year you're using a shofar. When are you using a shofar throughout the rest of the year? When? When? Fast days. Tanios, right? On Tanios, on Tanios, Bibshutin, you should use a regular shofar. Now, I will say, Bibshutin could mean also of a goat, but Bibshutin also refers to over here what? The shape. The shape. It need not be bent. It need not be bent. But one second, that contradicts the Mishnah. But yet we learn that the shofar of Rosh Hashanah is supposed to be of a wild goat, and again, doesn't have to be curved. You're right, Rabbi Levi disagrees. Rabbi Levi disagrees. This is my chlokis, Rabbi Levi. This is my Rabbi Levi. Because Rabbi Huda holds that halacha l'maysan Rosh Hashanah. They used to use a shofar of, of a ram that is bent, and for the rest of the year, for the rest of the year, I should say, biyovlos, on Yom Kippur, they would go ahead and use a straight shofar. So why don't you just say that Rabbi Huda? Because if it would have said that you would have thought that it's true even when? Even by Yovel. Because remember again, what does Rabbi Huda hold? Rabbi Huda says that on Rosh Hashanah, on Rosh Hashanah, you should use a bent shofar, but on Yom Kippur of Yovel, you could use a straight shofar. See if the would, if the Gemara would have said that Allah was Rabbi Huda, you would have said that means both by Rosh Hashanah as well as by Yom Kippur of Yovel. Therefore, again, Kamash Malon, not Kamash Malon, that perhaps we're just adopting the position of Rabbi Huda by Rosh Hashanah, but maybe not by Yom Kippur of Yovel. And the Gemara says, but my kamifligi. So we'll say, what exactly is the argument happening over here? So we'll say, so, so we, what we have over here is a fundamental achlok, is about what type of shofar to use on Rosh Hashanah, right? You have, you have and, and by extension, by Yom Kippur of Yovel, and by extension, by Ta'anios as well. So remember again, you have the opinion of the Mishnah. The Mishnah says that on Rosh Hashanah, you'll use a flat, a wild, sh- a wild shofar, a flat shofar, right? A straight shofar. In other words, the shofar need not be bent. But by Ta'anios, by fast days, the shofar should be bent, right? Then you have the position of Rabbi Levi, and Rabbi Levi says, no, on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, you should use a bent shofar. By fast days, you could use a flat shofar. Then you have Rabbi Huda, and Rabbi Huda says, on Rosh Hashanah, 
on Rosh Hashanah, you should go ahead and use a bench chauffeur, but in Yom Kippur of Yovel, and Bipashtos, the rest of the fast days as well, you use a flat show. What, what, what's the machlokas here? What are the arguments? We'll say, look how fascinating this is. Mar Sover, listen to this. Mar Sover, Mar Sover, Rosh Hashanah, Kama Dekaif, Inish Daitei, Tfei Ma'ali. So we'll say, listen to this. The Gemara explains that in reality, what's happening over here is as follows. That Halacha Lamaisa, the shape of the shofar mirrors my disposition, my attitude, and my approach to the day. So the Gemara says like this, one opinion holds that on Rosh Hashanah, I both say the, the goal, kama dikayif inishtayte, the more a person bends themselves, which represents what? Humility. Look at Rashi, kama dikayif inishtayte, panav kivushim aret. So I both say literally, what it's referring to over here is like a physical posture, the more a person bends themselves over, like hunches themselves over, davens in more of like a, I don't know if bent over is the right way, but you understand what I mean, right? Kayif means a, a bent over, a, bent, a non-erect posture, a bent over posture, that's tfei adif, mishum v'haya einai v'libay sham, v'hilchak barash shana, dila tfila ula haskia kedas yitzchak ba'in kfufin, v'yovo shen likro dror ba'in apshut, as well as listen to this, this is incredible. So one opinion says, and this is really the opinion of Rabbi Levi, as well as Rabbi Huda, namely that on Rosh Hashanah, on Rosh Hashanah, the way to come before Hakadosh Baruch Hu is bent. They're both like this doesn't just now here the Gemara is talking about literally like a physical posture, but what it highlights on a more profound level is humility. Is humility. Remember again we spoke about this when remember the Gemara said the Mishnah said, but Rosh Hashanah kol ba'i olam obrim lefanav kibnei maron. Right? Everyone comes before our Kibnei Maron. Remember again, we had three opinions in the Gemara. What Kibnei Maron meant. The first one was Kibnei Amarna, like sheep, like sheep. So Rashi says the imagery of sheep is that for Meister Behema, and when the sheep go out of the pen, they go out one by one. Highlighting the idea that on Rosh Hashanah we come before Hakadosh Baruch Hu one by one, but on a deeper level, not on a deep level, on an additional level, the sheep sheep are also humble animals. Right? Sheep follow the flock. Sheep, sheep, they're always part of the collective. So the idea ultimately on Rosh Hashanah is to approach HaKadosh Baruch Hu with a sense of humility. I come before you, Rivano Shal Olam, and I give myself over to you. So therefore, again, the, the opinions of Rabbi Yudah are going to say, Rosh Hashanah, you use a Ben Shofar. Watch this, Rabbi Osai. We are Yom Purim, but on Yom Kippur, now this is not just any Yom Kippur. Which Yom Kippur are we talking about? Which Yom Kippur? Yovel. They both say, what happens on Yovel? What happens on Yovel? This is incredible. What happens on Yovel? Slaves go free. Right? Land goes free. Kamo deposhit inish daite tfei ma'ale. both say, listen to this. On Yom Kippur, what do you need? On Yom Kippur of Yovel, you want to go free? You want freedom? You need confidence. You need confidence. You need to believe in yourself. Stand straight. Stand straight. Rashi says over here, kamo deposhit Literally, the, the straighter you are, the better it is. Isn't this incredible? Isn't this incredible? So the opinion, now this is really reflecting over here, the position of Rabbi Huda, because Rabbi Levi is a bit of a hybrid, right? But the idea is the bench chauffeur represents humility. The straight chauffeur represents a sense of confidence. So the Gemara says, Umar, so the other opinion will say, the other opinion will say no, which is the opinion of the Mishnah. Rosh Hashanah is not bent. Rosh Hashanah is straight. Because what do you need for Rosh Hashanah? What do you need for Rosh Hashanah? What do you need for Rosh Hashanah? 
confidence. Confidence. If you want to be successful in din, you have to be confident. In general, if you want to be successful in anything in life, if you are plagued by self-doubt, you will not be confident. So even though I'm going before din with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I have to be confident that I'm going to be sealed and inscribed, inscribed and sealed in the Sefer HaChayim. When it comes to fast days, Rosin, I have to understand something. When they're speaking about fast days, what type of fast days are they referring to? Rain. Rain. So the other opinion will say that when it comes to rain, when it comes to rain, that requires a sense of humility. Right? When I am in need, HaKadosh Baruch was not giving me a bracha that I need. And I need it objectively. That requires a sense of humility. So I will say, the Rambam paskins over here, the Shkolach paskins over here, that for Rosh Hashanah and for Yom Kippur, for Yovel of Yom Kippur, remember again, on a regular year, we also blow the shofar in Yom Kippur, but only the final shofar blast. On Yovel, there were more blasts. So the Shulchanach, the Rambam Paskin, like Rabbi Levi, namely that the mitzvah is with Kfufin. The mitzvah is with Kfufin, right? Interestingly enough, however, but the Tanios, the Tanios, the mitzvah is with Pshutin. But what I will tell you something very interesting. What happens if you used a straight horn for Rosh Hashanah or for Yom Kippur? say. Right, that's why the Lashon is mitzvah. Mitzvah means it's ideal. But I will say, but how incredible is this? That there's so much hashkafa embedded in these things as well. Do you come to Rosh Hashanah with a sense of bent over humility? Or do you come with to Rosh Hashanah with a sense of incredible upright confidence? How do you approach things ultimately again when you don't get what you want in life? Does that humble you or does that strengthen your resolve? And the answer is, there's not necessarily one correct answer. Sometimes you need to approach things with humility. Sometimes you need to, to, to approach things with confidence. But what you begin to see is that humility and confidence are two sides of the same coin. Confidence without humility yields arrogance. Humility without confidence leads ultimately to a lack of sense of self. So you need both of these ideas, humility and confidence. In life, you have to have two shofros, one in each pocket. You have to have your straight shofar of confidence. You have to have your bent shofar of humility. And ultimately, you'll be ready for life. So the Gemara goes right there. Top of Chavzai. Upiv mitzupazav. And ultimately, the, now remember, the Mishnah said this was the, this was the shofar Rosh Hashanah. So the mouthpiece was coated with gold. So the Gemara says, One second. The mouthpiece was coated with gold. We learned that halacha if the mouthpiece was coated with gold, the shofar is possible. And we'll say, why is it possible? Because the gold is a chatzitza. Right? It essentially serves as an interposition. You have to blow the shofar. You have to blow the shofar, not gold. So the Gemara says, But if you go ahead and you, you coat the shofar with gold, not by the mouthpiece. So I'll say, if you want a, a gold-plated shofar, that's fine, but you can't do it by the mouthpiece. So how could the Mishnah say that they had... Now, remember, I'll say, I want to point out over here, where, where, where is this Mishnah? What, what, what is this Mishnah talking about? Where, where were these events occurring? This was in the Mikdash, right? Whenever you see this combination of shofar and chatzotzros, that's happening inside of the Beis HaMikdash. So the Gemara says, so, You're right. We'll say, even though the Lashon said, It doesn't literally mean the mouthpiece was coated with gold. What it means is, the area by the mouth, but not the mouthpiece itself, right? So the Baltokea has to put his mouth on the shofar. It must mean there was gold somewhere in that area, but not directly on 
on the mouth area. So listen to this. And remember again, so now this is Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah, the chauffeur is the show, the show in the middle. The chatzot are on the side. But one second, Abosi, what it sounds like over here is you're blowing everything at once. But can you hear multiple sounds at one time? Could two voices be heard together? Vatanya, we learned. beautiful this is. Yet we learned two, two voices can't be heard at the same time. Now, where do we know that? Well, this is so beautiful. Because Chazal teaches, remember again, the two sets of Dibros by the mitzvah of Shabbos, two sets of commandments. First time it says, Zohar, to remember the Shabbos, and the second time it says, Shamar, to guard the Shabbos. Now the Gemara says that Hashem said, now remember, we know that halachically, Zohar and Shamar refer to the two different aspects of Shabbos. Zohar refers to the positive mitzvahs, Shamar refers to the prohibitions, but yet the amazing part is, the Gemara says, Zohar b'shamar b'dibor echa nemru. They were set together. They were set together. Now what's, Hashemar who said them simultaneously. Something that a human being cannot do, human being cannot say two things simultaneously, and something that the human ear is not normally capable of receiving. You can't hear two things simultaneously. So the Gemara says, how could it be if we're blowing the shofar and the chatzotzros at the same time, then at the end of the day, you're not going to hear something. So what's going on over here? To which one says, you're right. That's why the Mishnah says that on Rosh Hashanah, what would they do? They would blow everything together, but they would prolong the blowing of the shofar. Meaning what? So the end of the shofar blowing was done without the chatzotzros, without the trumpets, so you just heard the shofar by itself. The Memra. Whoa, one second. So you're telling me then, So you're telling me then that what? That if you only hear the end of the tikiyah without the beginning, because what, what, what's happening over here, right? When you start, when you start, what are you blowing? What's being blown? Everything. And then again, then again, for five seconds, he stopped the chatzotzros, and for another three seconds, the, the shofar continues on. So in essence, what you're really hearing, what you're really hearing is the end of the tekiah, the end of the shofar blast, not the beginning. It's because the beginning, remember again, the beginning is wrapped up together with the trumpets. So bepashtos, so bepashtos, it sounds like even if you only hear the end of a blast, you're yodse. Is that true? But Tanya, we learned, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry, let me read that again. So the Gemara says, So that must mean you're saying that if you only hear the end of the tekiah, but you didn't hear the beginning of the tekiah, that you're yodse. Or therefore, again, I both say, that's true. In other words, listen to this. If you could be Yotze with an end of a tekiah, the Gemara assumes, therefore, it goes without saying, umamela, tchilas tekiah below soft tekiah yatza. That's only if you only heard the beginning of a tekiah without the end of the tekiah, that you should also be Yotze. In other words, that it sounds like from here, you could be Yotze even with what, Rabbi? Say, even with what? Partial tekiahs. Partial tekiahs. So watch this. The Gemara says, is that true? Tashma, taka berishona, so listen to this case. We're gonna get we're gonna get into the halachas of tekiah shofar. But remember again, right? Really, the halach is you have to blow tekiah a shavarim and a tekiah. So now listen to this, and you blow that you blow that three times. Tashat, tashat, tashat. Tekiah shavarim, tekiah, tekiah shavarim, tekiah. Good. So I said, watch this case. So I blow tekiah, I blow a shavarim. So now I figure you know what I'm gonna chaperain, and I'm gonna blow a, a double long a double long tekiah. 
right? And that way, again, my double-long tekiah will, so to speak, you know, fulfill two pieces at once. It'll take care of the last tekiah of the first three sounds. And what? And what? The, and the last tekiah of the first three, and the first tekiah of the second three. Of the second three. So the Gemara says, in It doesn't work. It doesn't work. All you have, what, right? What, what do you have? What do you have? One tekiah. A, a, a long tekiah, but one tekiah. Am I? But why is that? Tisalik lebitarti. I don't understand. Why can't you, why can't that count this? In other words, what the Gemara is suggesting about say is as follows. If partial tekiahs work, then why shouldn't a double long tekiah work and satisfy two? To which the Gemara says, no, 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 because psuke tekiah semihada dilo paskinan. Because was like, even if you want to entertain the possibility that a partial tekiah could work, at the end of the day, one long sound is one long sound. The halacha doesn't have the ability to go ahead and what? Break one long sound into multiple sounds. They're both saying no different that if you happen to, Kanayinahara, be blessed with, uh, with, a serious, with serious lungs, and you're able to blow a tekiah, a shvam, and a tekiah, all in one breath, right? No one is going to suggest that you're yotze three sounds with that. Because the halacha could do a lot of things. But what the halacha can do is take one long sound and break it up into multiple sounds. So Tashma, let's analyze. We're going to do all of these cases that are so exciting. Somebody's blowing shofar into in a pit, in a pit, or in a cistern, or into a barrel. What's the halacha, Abosay? If halacha lemaisa, you hear kol shofar, you're yotzei. Right? In other words, we'll say, So, of course, the challenge in all of these areas are, are you hearing the shofar or are you hearing the echo? Again, we'll do this sugya. If you hear the shofar, you're yotze. If you hear the echo, you're not yotze. So the Gemara says, but why? This is fascinating. The Gemara says, there has to be a piece of the call that is sounded before the echo starts. Say so if you hold that aloha lamaisa, you can be yotze with a partial blast. Why not go ahead and be yotze with the beginning of the call, quote unquote, before the echo sets in? So the Gemara says, you're right. Ela tarti kale mechad gavra lo mishtamoi. Mitre gavri mishtamoi. To which the Gemara says, in reality, I will say, when we say that two kolos, right, two sounds or two, two words cannot be heard at once, that's when they're coming from the same person. But when you have multiple sounds coming from multiple people, as is the case over here, some blowing shofros, some blowing chatzotros, different people blowing different things, you can, you can hear those things simultaneously. So when you are yotze the mitzvah of shofar, interestingly enough, you're not yotze with a partial kol, but rather, again, you are yotze with the kol in its entirety. So the Gemara says, really? Is that true? That you could hear two things from two independent people simultaneously? Vatanya, we learned. When it comes to Kriyasa Torah, one person could read and one person could translate. They changed it over But you can't have one person reading and two people translating. So the Gemara says, so what do you see from here? Because if two people are translating, you won't be able to understand what's going on. Now this is two people saying two different things, and yet, again, we're saying you can't hear them. No, 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 but look at the Seifa. What did the Seifa say? But when it comes to Halal and Megillah, even if 10 people are reading, ultimately you can hear what everyone's saying. 
Alma, why is that? Kevan de Chaviv Yohiv Daite. Both say this is so profound. See, normally, normally, when multiple people are talking or singing or translating, you can't hear multiple people at once. Unless, of course, what? You want to hear them. If something is important to you, you hear it. Something is important to you, which, by the way, is such a profound yisod in life. Right? Sometimes people talk to us, and then we say, I don't remember you said that. Deep down, it's probably because it wasn't important. This is why this causes, on a series, on so many shalom bias problems, where a spouse says something, the other spouse doesn't, I'm not saying who's who, but right, this, the other spouse doesn't remember what they said, and the spouse who is talking becomes so irate, and the other spouse who was listening says, what did I, I'm projecting a little bit over here, <laughs> right? And the, the other spouse says, come on, I was just, I, I, was, I, I missed it. And the truth is, the spouse who's angry is actually kind of right, because at the end of the day, if it was important enough for, not me, but someone else to hear what the other's talking spouse was saying, that spouse would have been attentive. The fact that it was missed, and that's the Gemara saying, was something's important, you, you listen. So halal, halal's exciting. So there could be 10 people saying halal, I hear it. Everyone hears it. Something that's not as important, people don't hear it. Shabbos say such an incredible yisod. When you put your mind to something and something is important, you get it done. Often in life, when things don't get done, so we like to say, I ran out of time, or this, that, at the end of the day, when things don't get done, often, often, not always, but often it just means it wasn't a priority. And if it was a priority, it gets done, right? No one forgets to put on their pants because that's a priority, right? You can't walk out, right? It never, no, no such thing like that ever happens. If it's a priority, it gets done. When it doesn't get done, a person has to question what level of priority that is. You hear the things you want to hear in life. The things that are less important or less chaviv. Ultimately, again, a person could, could slip by. Hachanami, kevan de chaviv, yoiv daite vishama. Both say, so too by shofar. The Gemara says something amazing. So too by shofar. Halach halamaisa. People want to hear shofar. So even though, again, there's chatzotros blowing as well, people still hear the shofar. Elo lama marech. So both say, so what comes out of here is as follows. It turns out that halach halamaisa, it says, as, as we initially thought, which is that what? The shofar and the trumpets are being blown at the same time. At the same time. I betray you can't hear two things simultaneously. Yes, you can. When? When? When it's chaviv. When it's something important to you, something near and dear to you, you hear it even at the same time. I, if that's the case, so if that's the case, that you hear everything, why does the Mishnah say that they blow the shofar longer than the chatzotzros? To remind everyone that although we're blowing both trumpets and shofar, the mitzvah of the day is with shofar and not with chatzot. So it's beautiful. I will say first white line, chapsayinam dalif. And on fast days, we use a ram's horn that is bent and the mouthpiece is coated with silver. Why is it that the shofar of Rosh Hashanah is coated with gold and the shofar of fast days is silver? So one possibility I will say is because anytime you're gathering the people for prayer, as what happens on a fast day, we use silver. When Moshe Rabbeinu tells Moshe Rabbeinu to make for himself two silver trumpets, and those are the trumpets through which he was able to gather the people. So silver is used for any gathering. 
And the other possibility is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes it easy on the finances of Klal Yisrael. That to go ahead and make this show for gold as well, or when we say gold, it's not all gold, but there's gold on it, costs more money. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants, what is careful how, is how he manages our resources. If that's the case, if that's the case, then why not make the show for Rosh Hashanah also of gold, I'm sorry, of silver, of silver, yet the Mishnah says that the shofar of Rosh Hashanah is made of gold, so you understand when I say made of gold, I don't mean that literally, it means there's some gold plating on it, covered yamtiv adif, it is beautiful, you're right, you're right, but since Rosh Hashanah is a yamtiv, part of the way we demonstrate our covered for the yamtiv is by putting some gold plating on the shofar, so quite beautiful. So the Gemara says, Rav Papa Bar Shmuel Savar Leme Abed Uvdu Kimasnisin. So Rav Papa Bar Shmuel wanted to institute this practice even outside of the Beis Hamikdash. Bechatzos Ros Veshofar. So the Gemara says, Amrli Rava Lo Amru Ella BeMikdash. Rava said, No, no, no. This practice of blowing both the shofar and the chatzotzros on Rosh Hashanah, right, is, uh, is only a din in the Beis Hamikdash, not not to be replicated outside of the Beis Hamikdash. Tanya Nami that supports this. When do you have this practice of blowing both chatzotzros as well as shofar? The Mikdash. Aval bigvul in makom sheish chatzotzros in shofar, makom sheish shofar in chatzotzros. Outside of the Beis Hamikdash, say, if you're blowing the trumpets, you don't blow the shofar. Remember again, when do you blow the trumpets? When do you blow the trumpets? Fast days. So when there's fa- right, fast days, there's trumpets, no shofar. Rosh Hashanah, there's shofar, no trumpets. This is how Rabbi Chalafta conducted himself in Sipori. Rabbi Chanina ben Trajon in Sichni. And again, the Chachamim confirmed this and they said that Halacha Lamaisa. I'm sorry, I, I read that wrong. V'chein hinhig, v'chein hinhig means that ultimately, again, these rabbanim that we just mentioned conducted themselves like the Mishnah. Namely, they blew both shofar and chatzot's throats, unlike what we said before. And when the Chachamim came along, they confirmed that which we said before. Namely, the shofar chatzot's combination was only done b'makom ha-mikdash, specifically b'sharei mizrach on the eastern gates, and the Harabayas. So I both say, so therefore the conclusion of the Gemara is that at the end of the day, we only blow the Chatzosros shofar combination in the Beis HaMikdash itself or on the Harabayas itself. But anywhere else, if you're blowing the shofar, Rashan, no Chatzosros, you're blowing the Chatzosros fast day, no shofar. Amar Rav, Avitim, Rav Yosho, and Levi, Maikra, Dechsev, Bechatzosros, Bechol Shofar, Harilif, Neamelech Hashem. But say, how do you know that this practice only takes place in the Beis Hamikdash? Watch this, because the Pasta says, Bechatzosros, with the trumpets, Ubekol Shofar, the sounding of the Shofar, Harilif, Neamelech Blow it, right, or, or sound it before Hashem. What do we do? It's only when you are before Hashem, i.e., in the Mikdash, that you have an obligation of both chatzotzros and shofar. But outside of the mikdash, it is going to be an either or. Beautiful. So remember again, the mission said that Yovel is just like Rosh Hashanah for tekios and brachos. The Gemara says, what does that mean? Amar B'Shom Bar Yitzchak. Keman masnina inna zehayom tchilas ma'asecha. Zikran yom rishon. I will say, in Rosh Hashanah davening, we say, zehayom tchilas ma'asecha. Which means today is the first day of creation. So, Kiman, whose opinion does this reflect? Rabbi Eliezer, the Amr B'Tishrei Nivra Olam, ultimately again reflects the view of Rabbi Eliezer, who holds that the world was created in Tishrei. Well, so we just had this Machlokas. Masiv Rabbeinu, Shavi Yodash, Al-Tkil Brachas, 
Here's the problem. So Avina brings up, but yet the Mishnah says, so in Rosh Hashanah, we make a declaration, today is the first day of your creation. Like Rabbi Lazar, that the world was created in Tishrei. Here's the problem. What did the Mishnah say? The Mishnah said that the Tfilas of Yovel are like Rosh Hashanah. But we'll say, when we say Yovel, what are we referring to in Yovel? Which part of Yovel? Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is already 10 days in. Does that, so you can't say, Today is the first day of creation on Yom Kippur of Yovel. You're already 10 days into the year. To which the Gemara says, You're right, you're right. What it means is, the rest of Rosh Hashanah davening, that is non-creation day specific. Right? So the rest of Rosh Hashanah, right? I mean, there are many themes expressed in Rosh Hashanah. So obviously, phrases like that, Today is the first day of creation. Phrases like that, do not carry over to Yovel. But the other parts of Rosh Hashanah davening will. When we say that Yovel is like Rosh Hashanah for Shofar and for Brachas, Kiman, whose opinion does that reflect? So we'll say an alternate version of this discussion. It must not reflect the view of Rabbi Eliezer. Why? Because according to Rabbi Eliezer, he holds that Rosh Hashanah is the first day of creation. And as such, that sentiment is found in davening of Rosh Hashanah. And it would not make sense to carry that over to Yovel. To which the Gemara says, you're right. What it means is that, no, no, no. It means that any part of Rosh Hashanah davening that is creation day specific, that stays with Rosh Hashanah. But the rest of Rosh Hashanah davening that has other elements in it, Malchias, Zichrinos, Shofros, ultimately, again, that carries over to Yom Kippur of Yovel as well. Beautiful. You have a Shofar that's split. Now, Bosei, when, when the Gemara, we're going to see from the Gemara that when we're talking about shofar splitting, often we're talking about a thing that splits across its length, across the length. Right? Shofar shenistak, should the shofar split across its length, vidipko, and you glued it back together. Puzzle. Ultimately, the shofar is puzzle. Now, why is it puzzle? Rashi says over here, the puzzle, to have the kishne shofros. Because now it's like two shofros. Right? It's like two shofros. Now, we'll say, now that's why I mentioned before, the shofar is splitting down along the length. Right? Because now you have two pieces, two independent pieces, both of which, when you put them back together, that is, that is not one glued shofar. That's like two shofros coming together. Debake shivei shofros. Similarly, again, I will say, if you go ahead and you have a bunch of broken shofros, and you take the pieces, and you fashion together a shofar, puzzle. Ultimately, such a shofar is puzzle. The same idea, because that is like having two different shofars. Amit Beis, Nikav Vesasmo, an interesting case. What happens if you have a hole? You get a hole in your shofar, Vesasmo, and you plug the hole of the shofar. In Ma'akei Vesatkiya puzzle, so we'll say, if the hole would have prevented you from blowing a coal, right? If the hole would have prevented you from producing sound with the shofar. So that means essentially the shofar wasn't valid. Now when you plug it up, when you plug it up, it's as if there's a new substance over here. It's like two shofros. So if, again, with the hole, you could not blow the shofar, then even if you plug it back up, the shofar's still going to be possible. Then love, but if you had a hole in the shofar, but the shofar was still usable, shofar was still usable, then the plugging up of the hole is halachically inconsequential. We just quoted this piece. If a person blows a shofar into a pit or into a cistern, into a barrel, if he heard the sound of the shofar, his yotze, 
But if you didn't hear the shofar, but instead you heard an echo, you're not Yossi, bless you. V'chein, Shavuot says similarly, this idea. Now, it's not really similar. We're going to see, this is really a different case. Shavuot, right? So, V'chein, Mishaya over achori beis haknesses. Oshahaya beis osamach beis haknesses. Shavuot says similarly, let's say again on Rosh Hashanah. I'm walking by the shul. Or, I live right next door to the shul. So what happens? V'shama kol shofar. I hear them blowing shofar. Now, both say. The Mishnah says v'chein, and it makes it sound like it's similar to the previous case. The previous case of the bar, the dos, the pitam is a case of echo. This is not a case of echo. This is a case of what we'll call incidental sound. In other words, I'm walking by the shul and I hear shofar. I live across, I live next door and I hear shofar, or for that matter, or megillah, or megillah. So what's talacha? Im kibin libo yotza ve'im lav lo yotza. If you have kavana. To the Yotze, with the mitzvah of Shofar, you're Yotze. Same idea, you have Kavanah to be Yotze with Megillah, you're Yotze. Ve'im lo kibay, ve'im lav, lo yotza. But if you don't have Kavanah, you're not Yotze. Yotze is such a profound Yisod, right? Kavanah makes all the difference. Kavanah makes all the difference. Afa pisha zesh shama v'zesh shama. Even though, again, in both cases, you heard the Shofar, you heard the Megillah, zekibin libo v'zelo kibin libo. So also, you heard the Mishnah is introducing us to something profound, which is merely hearing the Kol Shofar or merely hearing the Megillah is not enough. Run requires Kavanah, specific intent to be Yotze. Again, we'll develop that theme a bit more. Tan Rabbanon, Aruch v'katzra kasher. So let's listen to this. Let's say you had a very long Shofar and you decided to cut off part of it, right? You had one of those long, uh, you know, uh, and you decided to lop off part of it. That's fine. That's fine. Kasher. Gardo v'emidu gildo kasher. But let's say, I listen to this case, right? A shofar has a thickness to it. Let's say gardo literally means you scraped. Let's say you scraped away, you chipped away at the shofar to the point that you left it a very, it's a very, very thin layer, a very thin shofar. V'emidu gildo kasher. Still kasher. Puzzle. If you went ahead and, if you went ahead and you put gold by the mouthpiece, we said this before, it's going to be puzzle, right? Because it was that's a chatzitza. But if you put gold on the shofar somewhere else, somewhere else, not by the mouthpiece, it's going to be kasher. Listen to this case. If you coated the interior of the shofar with gold, it's going to be puzzle. Why is that? Why is that? Because halacha, you've altered the sound. You've altered the sound. So also we'll say, in that case, it's viewed as if the interior gold is producing the sound, not the shofar. It's not really right. It's not really alter the sound. It's that now it's viewed that the gold is producing the sound. Mibachutz, however, if you put gold on the shofar on the outside, in the shtane kolo mikamo shaya if the exterior gold changes the sound, then it's possible. The imlav kosher. But if not, ultimately, again, it's going to be kosher. Also, I was thinking about this. You know, this is the second time we're mentioning this now about putting gold on the shofar. So never, it's interesting because by other mitzvahs, there's a concept ultimately of hidra mitzvah, beautifying it. I think I've ever seen a shofar with gold adornment, right? Gold, gold, I've never seen it. Gold something, which, which I think goes back to what we were saying before, that we passing that Allah said, the ideal by Rosh Hashanah is the bent shofar, right? That, that's, that's the ideal. And therefore, Allah said, the humility is the ideal when it comes to shofar. And therefore, again, you're not going to find gold in general on the shofar because the idea is kafaf. Listen to this. Nikkei v'sasar. Well, it's an interesting case. You get a hole in your shofar. Now you plug up the hole. So kosher. So said this is interesting. So we'll, we'll, we'll define this a bit more. But what it sounds like is as follows. 
if the plugging up of the hole somehow impacts the tikiyah, it's going to be puzzle. But if not, it's going to be kasher. Again, we'll develop that case. Nasan shofar besoch shofar. Listen to this. Let's say you put one shofar inside of another shofar. Im kol panimi shama yasa. If you're hearing the call of the interior shofar, you're yotze. Im kol chitzon shama lo yatsa. But if it's the exterior shofar, then you're not yotze. Okay? Tan rabbanon. So we'll say, let's analyze all of these cases. Gardu be mifnim be machutz kasher. We'll say, scraping your shofar. So let's say you just want to, you want a very thin, for whatever the reason, right? You're scraping the shofar. So now again, it's a very thin, a very thin layer of shofar. Kasher. Ultimately, again, the kosher, we'll say, what it sounds like the Gemara is saying is what? There is no requisite thickness of the shofar. No requisite thickness. If you put one shofar in the first wide line instead of another shofar, if you heard the sound of the interior shofar, but if you heard the exterior, how do you know? How do you know? It's very simple. How do you know? How do you know? You blow each of them independently. And then when you blow them together, you sound like you hear which, which sound is it producing. So, listen to this case. If you turn your shofar upside down and you blow it, lo yatsa, you're not yotzing. Now, what does that mean? Amara papa, and I will say that's a strange case. Why? You have to have one big mouth, right, to blow the shofar from the other side. I will say, so says the Gemara, Amara papa, no, no, no. Lo tema da hafchei kikisuna. It doesn't mean like somebody who turns their shirt upside down. Right? It's, that's not, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says over, Now what it means is, it doesn't mean like to turn your shirt inside out, but rather, what does it mean? Let's say he did the following. Let's say with heat, with heat, you, ex, you, you expanded the mouthpiece and you contracted the upper wider part. So essentially, you just through heat, you manipulated the shofar and you made again the mouthpiece the upper part through which the sound exits, and the upper part through which the sound exits, you made into the mouthpiece. So you, 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 you just manipulated your shofar. What's the halacha? It's possible, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So the Gemara says, why is that? My time, I Vavarto. Both say, it's actually quite beautiful. The Pasuk says, Vavarto shofar trua. Literally, I both say, we translate Vavarto means you will blow. But Vavarto, the Gemara Darshan's, Derech You have to blow the shofar the way the ram carries it on its body. But say, remember again, what we call the mouthpiece is actually where the shofar is attached via a bone to the head of the ram. So the shofar has to be blown the way the ram carries it. So the ram carries it with the narrow part attached to its body, the upper part extending up. That's how it has to be blown as well. Incredible. Dibeg Shivei Shofros. We'll say just two, we have two more minutes. So Dibeg Shivei Shofros. If you went ahead and you glued together Broken pieces of shofar, right? Broken pieces of shofar. So what's the halacha? Dibek shivei shofros. Puzzle. It's puzzle. Turn around, on. Hosef alav kol shuhu. Beim amino beim shalom amino puzzle. Both say similarly. If you added something onto the shofar, right? If you added something on, literally again, hosef alav, whether it's part of the original min, not part of the original min, the shofar is puzzle. So both say bepashtos, that sounds, what is that based on? One shofar and not multiple shofros. Nike versus Nabosina, here we go. What happens if the shofar developed a hole and you plug the hole? Bain bamino, bain shalobamino puzzle, whether you plug the hole with the same min, right, the same type of shofar, 
Or I will say, let's say from the same ram, you had a piece of the shofar. For example, I will say, we just learned before that if you have a very long shofar, what can you do? What can you do? You can lop off a piece of it. So now let's say I had a long shofar. I lopped off a piece of it. Now my remaining shofar, I get a hole. So great. Now I have spare shofar parts. Right? So what, what do I want to plug the hole with? With a piece from that same shofar. That's called mino. Right? Or shaloba mino. Or I plug it with something else. Either way, it's going to be puzzle. Rabbi Nassim says no. The mino kosher. If you could plug the shofar with the same min, ultimately that's going to be kosher. And I both said the truth is, in reality, it doesn't even have to come from the same shofar. What it means is, if you could plug a shofar with shofar material, Rabbi Nassim is going to say that's kosher. That's called mino. That's called mino. Shaloba mino, pasal. But to plug a shofar, ultimately again, shaloba mino, that is going to be pasal. So the Gemara says, the mino kosher. Rabbi Yochanan, v'hushin rubo. Ultimately, I will say, but when we say that you plug it with the same min, with the same shofar material, that is going to be kosher. That's only assuming that the majority of the of the shofar is still intact. Mechlav the shaloba mino afa pishen Ultimately, we'll have we'll stop over here for today. We'll pick up Emirat Hashem with Rabbi Nasan's position. Emirat Hashem on Shabbos. Shabbos is not. Just a reminder also. The Mishnah Yomi, the Mishnah Yomi program, Emir Hashem begins today. If you want, the, the small Mishnahis are not yet ready, but there are copies of the Mishnahis over here. And Emir Hashem, the Shira will be posted on the podcast this morning. Get started, a beautiful limud. If you don't know what I'm talking about, check the WhatsApp. I, I posted it on the, on the WhatsApp chat for the, uh, the Daf Yomi. Hosei Shikayach.